Hello and welcome back to the God Story Podcast. I'm Brent Siddle and once again I'm back at King's Grace Presbyterian Church in Palmerston North, New Zealand with Rito. Hi Rito, Ian. Hi Brent, how are we? Um, Alright, you've not been so well. You've had the flu and you're, you're still a bit um, full of it. But So thank you for... If I'm coughing a lot. Yeah, I would have just edited it out. <laughs> yeah, Don't worry, yeah, I'm just, yeah. you've not coughed much, you're doing well. And we're back in the Gospel of Mark and looking at chapter 14 verses 66 to chapter 15, verse 15. Now, Ian, what did we see last time? So Jesus has been arrested. Uh, He's just been through a trial at the Sanhedrin. And so now, and he has claimed that he is the Christ. And so, you know, we're heading towards his crucifixion. And what has the Lord Jesus done about suffering? In the past or in the present? (laughs) Uh, Well, it's about what he's going to be doing about it. He's about to suffer himself, isn't he? Yes. And this is what we're going to see, is that Jesus... Uh, kind of passes through this so that on on one hand we can look to him so this is particularly in first peter peter says this doesn't it that we can look to him when we suffer but also to end the suffering as well Mm. okay let's get into the text verses 66 to 72 of chapter 14 and as peter was below in the courtyard because he's in the he's in the high priest courtyard warming him his bottom by the fire yes Sucking up. Are you allowed to, to say that? Uh, I think I'm allowed to say the word And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with the Nazarene, Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. Okay, how do we see Jesus' prophecy about Peter coming true then in these verses? Well, Jesus is already in the upper room. He had said, this is what's going to happen, Peter. Because Peter, Peter's, Jesus had predicted that someone was going to betray them. Peter's like, no, 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 I would never disown you. You know, kind of, I'm, I'm here to the end, Jesus. What happens? Jesus says, no, Peter, before the rooster crows three times, you're going to uh, deny me three times. And we're just seeing that come true. And this is, this seems to be, this is a pure prophecy, right? It's, it's not just some kind of thing that Jesus has prearranged or anything like that. This is Jesus knows exactly what's going to happen coming ahead uh, and pretty devastating both for Jesus and Peter as well. Mm. Is there any significance of the fact that Peter is warming himself around the high priest's fire? Is there any broader theological... Possibly. Um, I I hadn't thought mm. about that um, specifically, but there's definitely a sense of where they are is important. Yes, and who you associate with and whose fire you're seen around and whose hospitality you accept. You know, kind yeah. of you... He's identified himself with the enemy, really. Exactly, yeah. 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 I mean, I know he might be trying to keep warm, and I don't blame him for that, but he's he's trying to be matey with people, isn't he? Well, that's what it seems to be. Yeah. You're kind of like, if you're... You know, why, why is he there? Is he just there to get some information or, you know, kind of... I, don't I think it's more than that. I think there's a suggestion that he's trying to identify. He's around the high priest fire. He's trying to identify himself with these people or get in with them or something. I'm 
there's there's more to it there than meets the eye. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Rather than just sort of, um, I mean, otherwise, why would you be there? What do we do with um, poor old Peter? What do, what do we do with Peter's denial of Jesus? Well, that's pretty hard, isn't it? But this is one of the reasons why people say that they think that Mark's gospel is Peter's memoirs because yeah. of how harsh it is towards Peter, which I think, I think is, is fascinating. For me, it's fascinating. You have the preeminent apostle reminiscing on his time with Jesus. What would be the temptation for most human beings would be to elevate themselves. Look at how close I was to Jesus. Look at how... You know, kind of look at the power that he that that Jesus has passed on to me, and now I'm I'm the the preeminent apostle ruling in in Jesus' stead. But it's the opposite, isn't it? That, mm. And I think there's a there's a true humility here mm. uh, that that Peter is saying, no, as the preeminent apostle, look at how low I stooped you know, yeah. to to in my relationship with Jesus. But because that happened. The restoration was was even greater. You yes. kind of, I, th- I think this this is what's being played off here, is the the failure of Peter shows the the huge grace yes. of Jesus and and the huge restoration then that is offered to every single human being that you cannot fall far enough to be restored not to be restored. Yes, I was very raw and very honest. And Paul Beza must have blamed himself for the rest of his life. And it must have sat on his conscience for the rest of his days, I would have thought. Yeah. I was, that was my very next question. What does this passage teach us about grace? Oh, well, it, it shows you. I think for me, I think there's two things going on. One is the loneliness that Jesus must have felt in that even probably his best friend has betrayed him, you know, kind of to death and, you know, kind of, and it will just abandon, abandon him. Uh, but also it shows the true nature of friendship that Jesus offers to every single human being is a huge amount of grace that no matter what we do, we can't get away, you know, kind of far enough from his grace. Mm. Okay, Mark 15 verses 1 to 5. And as soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a council, a con- sorry, a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. Now, Pilate's an interesting character, Rito, isn't he? What do you make of Pilate? I know. And Pilate, I don't think Pilate's a bad man. Um, He's just trying to get himself out of a sticky situation, I think. Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, you have said so. And the chief priests accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further answer so that Pilate was amazed. Okay, if this is a second trial, Rito, it doesn't go any better than the first one. <laughs> There's less evidence. There's too much less evidence. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think they've given up trying to find any by the stage. Yeah. It, but, uh, I mean, you've got – I mean, what do you make of Pilate? Stuck it, in the middle, middle management, isn't he? Stuck between the Romans and the and the Jewish people, really. And, and you know, uh, Israel, Palestine, had, had in Roman, you know, kind of occupation, had been very, very tricky – yeah. And there'd been lots of revolutions. There'd been lots of problems. Pilate himself had been in trouble elsewhere. Oh, for sure. And had been sent to Palestine to kind of sort it out there. But supposedly he was also on his, you know, kind of last kind of warning that if he mucked it up, 
he had possibly had been sent there so that it would get marked up, <laughs> so, they, so they could so get rid of him. It was a setup, yeah, yeah, potentially, right, yeah, yeah. right. You just, you just feel this man is just—it's all—it's just a total disaster. It's so politically, he yeah. is in an impossible. It's position. just impossible. Yeah, right. Yeah, I always have a fair amount of sympathy for Pilate. Oh, me too. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I think he's—he he knows Jesus isn't guilty. He's trying to get him off the charge. He's trying to help him. But it just gets worse and worse. No, no. and I, I, I kind of like, particularly in John's gospel. John's gospel yeah. spends a little bit more time yeah. with Pilate than, than we do in Mark. But you, mm. you look at the situation and go, oh man, you were in an impossible position. Yeah, that's right. Surely, you, if you hadn't known who was standing in front of him, it might have been a different conversation. Yeah, but you, you wonder. I mean, I wonder what happened to Pilate. I, um, I don't know. How does Pilate deal with Jesus? He asked him. He asked him the question. You know, are you the king of the Jews? Doesn't he? And so, he doesn't just. He doesn't just take the um, the Sanhedrin or the council's decision and just and rubber stamp it. He actually does kind of ask a couple of questions, kind of around what's going on here, because he he is a little bit astute. I, I think, oh, I think he's very astute as to what is really going on. Oh, he knows exactly what's going what's on. What's going on here? Right? Yeah, he's not interested in this. It's landed on his plate, but he's not interested in it. But he knows that Jesus is innocent. Oh, for sure. And that they're just doing this because they hate him. Yeah. 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 Oh, he, he's worked them out. Don't you worry about that. He's, yeah. he's, he's savvy. He's a savvy political operator, old pilot. How does this passage fulfill Isaiah 53? Well, what, what have you got in Isaiah 53 is, is the, the suffering servant. And how does, how does he go to his death? You know, kind of, he doesn't, he doesn't cry out. He doesn't, um, you know, Make make a scene or anything like that. The suffering servant goes silently to his death. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Pilate again, uh, verses six to fifteen. Now at the feast, he—that's presumably Pilate. Yes, used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up. There's no flies on Pilate. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out. He's really trying to wash his hands of the whole scenario, isn't he? And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. He, he washes his hands, literally, doesn't he, in, in John's account. Yeah. Does he wash his hands? Yes, he does. As yeah. much as I've got nothing to do with the, this. Well, and you also have his wife coming in. Oh, yes, and, and, she had this dream. So said, I had this dream. Mm, yeah, yes. you have nothing to do with that man. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes, yes. So how does Pilate try and poor old Pilate, try and negotiate his way around this impossible scenario? Isn't isn't that the funny thing? Like, so what I'll do is I'll get the worst guy I can find who no one will want to release. I'll gra- I'll go grab him, and um, you know, kind of we'll get him out, and then surely they'll get you know they'll they'll want they'll I can release Jesus. So he tries to play it right, you know, kind of in a political kind of sense. I'll get the bad guy. We'll bring him out. Here's an opportunity to kind of use a, a, one of those a law that, that's kind of there of, of releasing a prisoner at, at the feast. 
you know, kind of, but it all backfires anyway. Yes, and he does it so that he doesn't have to take responsibility. He's not, he's not the one making the decision. So he can, he can still face the, the Jewish authorities and say, well, I tried. I, do, I tried. <laughs> I tried, but they are the, the people's, the people spoke. But the, the irony around that, that whole thing, right? In yeah. terms of, you know, they're the claiming that Jesus, you know, kind of is this, going to be this insurrectionist. Basically, is what they're doing. That Jesus is a blasphemer. That he's going to be an insurrectionist. They they bring out an actual insurrectionist, someone who who has been involved in a rebellion and murder. You know, and they release him. You know, kind of it's the, the the whole irony around this whole situation is really interesting. Oh, it says so much about human nature. Yeah. So yeah. they 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 put to death the God basically, and they choose one of the worst people around. They choose a terrorist. Yeah. I mean, do you think about this? It says a lot about the state of our hearts. Now, what's the name? Because this is um, Barabbas, Abba, again, yeah. this word father. So he's a son of the father, Barabbas. Is that yeah, what it yeah, means? Yeah, because you've got, you know, Bar, it's Bar Abba. Bar Abba, yes, yes. Right? So son of the father oh, okay. is, is what you know, is That's what the, ironic. The very thing that Jesus has just cried out yeah. at the end of chapter 14, yeah. Abba, father, yeah. right? So, and, and Jesus is the son of the father. So you've got these two figures playing off each other, right? Yeah. You know, with, yeah. Again, the man. irony that's kind of all through this oh, is really man. interesting. I, I actually, to be quite honest, you know, that I'd forgotten this until I researched it to, to do this podcast and the irony of it. So we've got two sons of the father yeah. comparing and contrasting with one another. One who, who tries to lead a rebellion yeah. uh, and ends up either he or is involved in murder somehow, and then the other one... Who is going to be murdered to bring about a revolution? Uh, oh, I've, my next question was, what do you make of Pilate? I think we've probably already yep. partly answered that. I just think I feel for poor old Pilate. I think he's trying to do the right thing. He's a politician. He's he's trying to play one end off the other. I think it also highlights, and the- he's got the he's got the Romans breathing down his neck. Yeah, yeah. We don't want any more. Uh, we don't want any more trouble. Thank you very much. But yeah, in, in some sense, he is the epitome of the spinelessness of bureaucracy. You know, kind of of it's it's not only pilot, it's not only bureaucrats. It's every human being that does this. But it's just the, you know, kind of we would never stick our neck out. You know, kind of for truth and justice. Really, you know, kind of when it, when it's going to be that costly. Mm. You know, why why would we do that? Yes, but uh, to be fair though, in John's account, he does he does make clear that he has not, wants nothing to do with this. Yeah. So he is a good. I think he's a good man, but a good man stuck in an impossible political situation. And mm. yeah, at the end of the day, he's a politician. Yeah. Or a, a diplomat. He's got to try to keep peace. Okay. What's the scourging or the scourging that takes place in in verse fifteen? What's yeah. going on there? Yeah. So Jesus is, is flogged, isn't he? And that, that's part of part of it that that they you know either cat and nine tails or you know kind of something similar is that they're flogging Jesus, form of torture. What do you bother though before you kill killing someone to do that? I, you know, is my kind of question. I don't know. Is it just to you know, kind of as a as a sign to to those, just throw those around you? Is it, is, it humiliation? A, is it a fulfilment of uh, one of the Old Testament prophecies? Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I can't remember which one. Yeah, the scourging. You just you just get a feeling that this is the brute. You're seeing the brute, brutal face of Rome. That these guys were just absolutely. They could be absolutely brutal. But it's the brutal face of every empire as well. Mm. In 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 some. Regards, isn't it that this is what empires do? That- well, not if you're, well, not if you're a Roman citizen, you shouldn't be treated like this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 
Because remember, Paul Paul gets all this and then says, "No, I'm a Roman citizen. I demand to see. I want to see Caesar." Yeah. You know, yeah. The Roman citizenship gave people rights, even in that world. But if you try and stand up to the empire, the empire will strike back. It will strike back, right? You know, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it will it will show you who is boss. Yeah. Especially to the lowly, you know, kind of Jewish people at, at that time. Mm. I just think it's such an incredible uh, passage. It get it. it it gets me every time. I get churned up every time I go through the every every time I go through the um, passion narrative. I just get churned up because I think this is so. It's us. Yeah, it's yeah. all of us. Mm. And that's the key yeah. to it, right? Yeah. Is saying Mark has been driving us the whole way to to be looking at Jesus, but in this moment, it, there's almost a mirror being held up to humanity. Oh, for sure. Yeah, right? and, and to us as individuals, yes, as well. Yes, what that, will we do that. We participate in the same forms of injustice, same forms of sin. Um, and at the heart of all of that is the same thing, which is that we want God dead. You know, kind of, we, yeah. we want to be the rulers. Yeah. And we want to, and we would have, if we had been standing in the same situation, we would have been Pilate or Herod or, you know, kind of all one of the chief priests doing exactly the same thing. Mm. In fact, we do do the same thing you know, as them. We do. So we can't point the finger at them and say, I'm not like that when, in fact, we are all like that. Yeah. I mean, thank you, uh, Ian, Reverend Ian Reid of King's Grace Presbyterian Church in Palmerston, North New Zealand, looking at uh, Mark 14, 66 to 15, verse 15. Thank you. And we will uh, carry on uh, next time. And hopefully we just about finish the finish the gospel. We've only got a bit left. And thanks to our creative team at Liquid Edge who sponsor this podcast and who take care of things behind the scenes. Ian. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brent. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode of the God Story Podcast. If you want to help us make more great episodes like this one, you can head over to our Patreon page and become a God Story Podcast supporter. You'll receive our undying gratitude, plus a few bonus goodies for your ongoing support. Just visit patreon.com slash godstorypodcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash godstorypodcast. As always, you can get in touch with us via our website, godstorypodcast.com.